on ESPN 700. We'll have two hours of advanced analysis, the X's and O's, headlines around the NBA, and breakdown of your Utah Jazz on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700, Andy Larson, Ben Anderson, J.P. Chunga, tweet at us, at Andy B. Larson, at Ben's Hoops, at J.P. underscore Chunga. We haven't done it in a while, but no. uh, we certainly like doing the show. Happy to bring it to you. I know there's a lot of jazz fans uh, that are, uh, have been asking for it. We get a lot of questions about when we're going to do the next one. Uh, unfortunately, we are not the highest of priorities, right, so at least at this point in the season. And that's fair. You know, live basketball, live University of Utah basketball obviously takes precedence. NFL playoffs obviously takes precedence. Sure. Me actually going to road games and doing my job takes, takes precedence. precedence. Yeah. But when we can, we want to do the show for you guys. Yeah. So we appreciate everyone who does tune in. Uh, you can subscribe to this, right? There's a Salt City yeah. Hoops podcast yep. if you find podcasts. Uh, I know we have a quite a, a good listenership in the podcast form because 7 to 9 is not the ideal time for people to be listening to live radio. So we appreciate you if you're tuning in live. If you are listening on the podcast, though, we appreciate that as well. You can tweet us questions throughout the week. That doesn't guarantee we're going to have a show that week, but we will try <laughs> to get to them and uh, save them as we can. But look, if we don't have a show, we'll respond to you on Twitter, right? Like right. We can, we can respond we're not ignoring in multiple anybody. ways. So you can tweet at us, ask your questions. You want to talk about the Jazz Jets generally. How we run the show, we let you kind of dictate what you want to talk about. Otherwise, Andy and I have plenty to talk about, but we understand a lot of jazz fans want access to Andy because it's uh, unique to have a beat writer that also has a radio show, so uh, fun to do that. You can tweet at us at Andy B. Larson, at Ben's Hoops, and at JP underscore Chunga. You can also call us, 877-353-0700, 877-353-0700. Any questions? Not yet. None? <laughs> what? I mean, we, we only asked for questions one minute ago or whatever, okay. like, pretty recently. Uh, well, you had a busy day today. I did. Because you mean, just flew back I just from flew Los back Angeles. from L.A. today, and flight was delayed and all that, so I was in the airport all day long. Okay. Uh, is that busy? It? I don't know. Yeah, it's how? busy. Anytime I, my rule is if I've been on a flight, that's the only thing I can do that day. I try not to work those days. I try not to see anybody those days. <laughs> I want to eat. I want to sleep, and I want to be on an airplane. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, that wasn't the case for me because I flew out Wednesday morning to go to the game last night, right? But um, So... That I, I guess was kind of like a little bit sleepy from that, uh, but you know I, I thought that that was a a good performance from the Jazz. Yeah, right? what do we make of the Jazz win? Is it one of the five best of the season so far? They've only got twenty five mm. wins now. That's a Western yeah. Conference playoff team that you won by twenty one without your three point guards. Yeah, that's that's a very good win. I will say. I- I have questions about whether or not the Clippers are actually a playoff team or just in the playoffs right now. Sure. Uh, and I think that their style of defense is pretty uniquely exploitable by the Jazz because they do play that like high trap. And it, we've seen whether that be the Oklahoma City Thunder in the playoffs last year and the Jazz just passing around it, and they probably do it the best of any, any team. Uh, the Jazz can have a lot of success against that kind of defense because they are so good at moving the ball. Yeah, and uh, even the guards are super aggressive with how they play defense with Avery Bradley and yeah. with uh, uh, Beverly. They really want to close out on you at 35 feet, which is right. a bad idea against Donovan Mitchell because if he beats you, he's so fast and he's so low to the ground because he's only six feet tall, maybe six one. He's going to get to the rim and then you don't have a shot blocker back there. And and the Jazz knew that the Clippers were going to do that, right? Like the Jazz 
scouting the Clippers, scouting what they're doing against kind of the other elite guards like Donovan Mitchell. They were like, okay, they, they're having Avery Bradley and, and uh, Patrick Beverly again guarding 94 feet or picking him up at half court and just using kind of extreme ball pressure. And then when the screen comes, then dedicating two guys to stopping the ball handler there. But again, if you so long as you know that that's coming and you have yeah. an outlet, then you can you're you've got a lot of st- different options. Whether that be threes for Jay Crowder and Kyle Korver, or Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors rolling to the rim, or even big to big passing can happen at that point. It's just kind of a matter of of taking advantage, and and that's what the Jazz did last night. I mean, the Clippers are the twenty third ranked defense in the league. Right? They're they're actually not good on that side of the ball. Uh- I haven't watched a ton of Clippers basketball so far this season because they're not getting a lot of nationally televised games because they weren't expected to be as good as they are. I do wonder, though, if we're kind of poo-pooing this win because we just as a Jazz fan base haven't seen the Clippers yet. So we don't have a concept of how good they are because they have beaten really good teams this year. That's how you get to 26 or 27 wins halfway through the season like they have right now. You have to beat good teams. It's not like you can only beat the Cavs and the Suns and get to 25 or 26 wins. No, they've had some good wins along the way. So... Not seeing them until January. Maybe there's a spot where uh, we just kind of have a blind eye for how good of a win that is. But that could also mean it's not a great win. Right, you know, no, you can look at it from both uh, both points of view. I I thought the I was maybe more impressed by the defense than the offense at that point. And and honestly, I think that's again because w- what the Clippers are a very good offensive and a, and a pretty bad defensive team. But the the Clippers actually do remind me of the Jazz a little bit offensively, where they like to space the floor. They have some limited shooters out there, but they still have uh, efficiency because they they move the ball and and play with space and that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, they don't have a, a Rudy Gobert, but they have a Marcin Gortat, who's also a very good screener, and they do a lot of stuff around him. Um, and then Montrez Harrell, kind of with the energy plays as well. So I I think there's um, uh, that the Jazz and and really we should give a lot of credit here to Rudy Gobert. We're able to to limit them to, you know, not an awesome offensive night, to a below average um, defensive rating last night for the Jazz. That That's very good. Yeah, Rudy was, I thought, by far the Jazz best player last night. And Donovan yeah. was really good. And Jay Crowder was really good. And Kyle Korver was really good. And Rudy was just a head and shoulders above the rest, you know, literally and figuratively. He was except just... Except for Boban. He was, yeah, except for when Boban <laughs> got out there. He was so big and so dominant and so limited what they were able to do in the paint, but it was even good getting out and challenging shots when Danilo yeah. or Tobias try and bounce out a little bit. They did a nice job there. The Clippers might just be, or maybe I should say it the other way around, the Jazz are probably just an awful matchup for the Clippers. I think that that's part of it. Although, and the Clippers have lost four in a row now. You know, so there's, they, they, you know, they lost to the Pelicans. They lost to Detroit. Um, they will presumably lose to Golden State coming up tomorrow. Uh, I, I think they're the team that's going to be falling out of the playoff picture. And then, you know, right now they're tied with Utah Jazz with, uh, or at least have nearly the same record. They they have Jazz are 25 and 21, Clippers are 24 and 20. But uh, I, I think the Clippers will kind of slide down the Western Conference as, as they play a, a tougher schedule moving forward. Uh, and I think we're going to start to see that. In fact, I think we are starting to see that Memphis is starting to fall back to earth a little bit. The Kings are still hovering around 500 and can be good. Uh, but I think eventually just the, the length of the season is going to overtake some of their youth, as we just mentioned with the Clippers. They just, they're just they not insanely talented, and they're really not that well-built. They're okay. They've got some tough players, and I like tough teams, and tough teams tend to hang hang around. They did that last year, even after they traded Blake Griffin. They hung around because they have some tough guys. But, yeah, talent-wise, they just don't match up with the rest of the league, and coaching they don't either. Yeah. You know, Unfortunately, Doc Rivers is not Greg Popovich, and Greg Pop has taken a, an un 
under-talented team, I guess I would say in a lot of ways, and an injury-riddled team, and is going to keep them propped up and in the playoff picture throughout the year, eventually the Clippers will fall back to earth. Well, and can we talk about like how close the Jazz are to actually like the three seed right now? I mean, you've got the like I said, they're tied with the Clippers. They're one game back of the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets. Uh, the Rockets, obviously, without Chris Paul, Eric Gordon. Clint Capella for the, at least in the next stretch of games. Clint Capella for four to six weeks, uh, and then they're one and a half, or two and a half, two games behind Portland for the four seed, and two and a half games behind the Oklahoma City Thunder for the three seed. Oklahoma City has the league's toughest schedule moving forward. They're five and five in their last ten games. Yeah. Portland had a really ugly loss at Atlanta. That's yeah, a really bad. Right. They you gave up lost... 140 points at Atlanta. That's that's not good. That's, that's really bad. That's really really bad. <laughs> and then you look at the Portland Trailblazers and and the Jazz have a better point differential than them. I think Portland might be a little bit legitimate, but again, we've seen some problems with them as as recently as last year's playoffs and and the way they started the season was was good, not great. They have a below 500 conference conference record. You know, I yeah. I, I I do think that like maybe the the other team that I kind of believe in is the San Antonio Spurs, but again, they're so mid-range reliant that maybe that's not going to work out mathematically for the rest of the season. You know, like, there's just so much other stuff going on here that I, I could see the Jazz just making this immediate climb up to the, the three or four spots, even by, you know, one to two weeks from now, and if that's the case, then, uh, you know, we're talking about all-star appearances for Rudy Gobert, I, you know, and, and kind of uh, a very different trade deadline setup. Uh, Depending on what kind of happens, if if sure, and maybe it shouldn't be that way. Depending on whether you're between three and eight, what that shouldn't affect what you do at the deadline. Uh, I think it should. I mean, I think you should always play the the hand that you're dealt, and that hand can constantly change. Just because you thought you were something before the season doesn't mean that's who you are. Forty-one games in, sure. and who you thought you were forty-one games in doesn't be it doesn't have to be who you are fifty games in. I know that's a small sample size, but if you feel like you've got a chance to do something special. Maybe you do approach it more aggressively. If you really like what you have, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. That's a good spot for the Jazz to be in. And we do want to talk about the trade deadline on on this show, but uh, I, I do think that that's that you know that's only three weeks away, and that those are some of the decisions that the Jazz have to make. But in terms of where the Jazz are in in the Western Conference standings, I get that they're eighth, and I get that that's disappointing for some Jazz fans. But having won five in a row, uh, and with the remaining schedule set up, I, I'd rather be the Jazz than. Any other team besides probably Golden State, Denver, and maybe Houston? There are four teams in the NBA right now who have won eight of their last ten. That's going to end tonight as the Pacers look like they're going to lose to Philly. There's three minutes left in that game, and they're down by 19. So there will be three teams who have won eight of their last ten. I mean, I guess technically Indiana's uh, loss may have been ten games ago, so they might keep that same record, but I don't think so. That'll be the Jazz, that'll be the Warriors, and that'll be the Bucks. Well, those are the th- you know, the Bucks and the Warriors are the two best teams in the NBA, most likely. Those are good teams. And the Jazz are in that conversation now, not for best in the league, but hottest team in the league. And I think that's accurate because of how well Donovan Mitchell's been playing, because Rudy Gobert has bounced back. And I was curious about this. We talked about it a little bit. I know you had the cool article in the Trib. Find Andy uh, at Andy B. Larson on Twitter and read him in the Salt Lake Tribune. Subscribe. You, you did the Andes, and that was really cool uh, <laughs> to get a whole. I mean, your, it was your name. On the front page of the sports, that was I really didn't, awesome. I didn't name them the Andes, just right. so everyone's clear. Like I, I have, I have an ego, but not that big of an well, ego. Well, if you have the power to do it, you should call them <laughs> the Andes. But uh, that was really cool, first of all. But I think if we were to look back at the first half of the season, I don't think it's nuts to say Donovan Mitchell could have been better. And even the yeah. first 25, 30 games of the season, Rudy Gobert could have been better. He was not yeah. this defensive Rudy Gobert the first 25 games of the year. No doubt. I, I 
might restrict that to a small, like 15 or 20 sure. games of the year. But yeah, what whatever that is, I, I completely agree. And I think he kind of figured out that he didn't just have to play smart defense and protect the paint. He kind of had to guard everyone all over the floor. And it, it wasn't good enough anymore to say, okay, I'm going to get the paint so you guys have to step up and guard the yeah. perimeter and stop the three and, and stop mid-range shots. Now it was like, okay, Rudy, you have to both contest those shots of, of players coming off the pick and roll and get back to the rim and do that. And and to his credit, he figured it out and was like, oh, okay, I can do that and and has been doing that and on an absolutely insane level. Was that youth and naivete or was that kind of veteran understanding of I can't play that type of defense for 82 games and same with Donovan Mitchell you know Donovan Mitchell's application of his talents has been better over the last 12 and 13 games than it was through the first 30 games of the year I mean I think for Rudy it was I think it was he hadn't really played that way before you know I, I don't think that Quinn had really asked him to play both roles um unless it was against like the Golden State Warriors and where, you know, just stopping the perimeter is, is the absolutely number one most important thing no matter what. Um, but against some of these stretch fives and, and that sort of thing, uh, I, you know, I, I think they just kind of had a, a mentality that you let those kind of mid-range long shots or, or big men who can shoot the ball hurt you. And that's what happened in the first part of the season. And now, I, you know, Rudy obviously needed to do more, and I think that it did take some convincing from, from Quinn Snyder that, that he could do more, but yep. kind of once he tried it and, and wasn't afraid to fail, then uh, it obviously has worked out really, really well. Uh, and, and you look at yeah, you look at how well the Jazz are playing now. I, I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't continue to climb. They're not going to win every, every game on their schedule, but they're going to be favored in most of them. Yeah. You know? and, and, and now they're at a point where I know the Jazz lost to twice to to Philly and maybe Philly is just a bad uh, lineup and they lost to Toronto and those were some tough games but I don't know if I would put them in any matchup and not think the Jazz don't at least have a realistic chance to win a game you know Golden State play play Golden State the Jazz can beat Golden State they have beaten Golden State this year they almost did twice the Jazz can win any game that they're going up head-to-head with any team in the league now as long as they're not playing Oklahoma City on the second night of a back-to-back like they did three times already this season so if the Jazz can find themselves in that spot and the second half of the season really lends itself to that, they're going to win games they're not supposed to win or you maybe wouldn't count them to win before the year started, and that's how they're going to get up over 50 wins. I mean, right now, the the uh, 538 has the Jazz finishing with 50 wins. Huh. That's, that's great. Where would it put them? Uh, that'd be fourth, I believe, behind, let's see, the Warriors, Thunder, and Nuggets. Okay. Good for the Nuggets. You know they've won enough games that they should be projected to be right. They've high. done, and, and honestly, yeah, they've they've played really, really well. I like to say they've done their homework on Friday night. They don't have to worry about Sunday as much. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's a good the point. Jazz are a little bit in the Sunday mode. They got to start winning games at the end of the season. They got to make sure they get their homework done. Nuggets just came out and won a bunch of games. We've got a bunch of questions. A bunch, a bunch of questions. What happened? <laughs> people, people wanted to ask questions. Okay. I don't know. I think they're all the tweeting switch at flipped. you. But I'm happy about that. Uh, chances the Jazz make a trade and then. Follow-up chances is it's a significant or a minor trade, a la Corver. So who's asking? This is Chris, Chris Coacherhands at Jazz Hoops Life. Hey, Chris. Uh, so first of all, I, I I don't know that the Corver was deal was a minor trade, right? I like I think that was actually a really big deal for the Jazz. He's playing a lot of minutes, and he is is a huge weapon not only for the the bench unit, but I think with the starters as well. But anyway, uh, I'm curious. I don't want to get too off the topic. Go ahead. You end up closing a game now with what we've seen recently. Would you be comfortable closing a game with Donovan, Corver, Joe, Jay, and Rudy? Against most teams, yes. Uh, there are some teams that have 
five guys who can beat you, and then you're you're asking Corver to do a lot, and you know they're just going to switch him out. But I think Corver's a better defender than he's again has ever been given. He's always for been him. okay off the ball. He's always been okay off the ball. He's a weirdly good shot blocker, which is not what makes you a good defensive I player. I think he's straight but... up good off the ball. Yeah, right, exactly. He's always in the right spot. He does not get burned backdoor the way a lot of guys do as often. He will get burned on ball because he's slow. He gets a little bit burned, but not as easily as you'd think. Right. Yeah, he's not getting turned around. He's not embarrassing himself out there. You can get on his hip and and you can get past him, you know, because he's 37 or 38 years old and has never been the most fleet of foot. But, yeah, he's not... That that fear that he was going to come in and be some sieve defensively and was going to be so bad that you couldn't play him, it's just, it's not, it was never accurate. No. And, and he, like, he's a better on ball defender than Grayson Allen is. Yeah, right now. And he's you know. been around for 17 years. You should sure. know the tricks. Grayson yeah. doesn't know the tricks, <laughs> right. you know, and you'll learn those, but you're right. Uh, all right, let's get back anyway, to the question. Anyway, chances Jazz make a trade. I, you know, I, I don't have a great sense of that. Um, I, you know, I, I think they look at their. 13th through 15th man situation say actually we have pretty good end of end of bench depth right George Yang stepped up and played occasionally can play point forward a little bit even in a pinch and there's value to that Epe Udo is really good I mean not getting rid of Epe uh Tony Bradley isn't but no one's going to trade for him and so you know and you're not going to wave him in the middle of the season uh so there's not a lot lot of opportunity there so to me, if there is going to be a trade, it, it would have to be a significant one um, it, sure. by, I guess, my own sense of that. And then I'm, I'm looking for trades that um, make sense given your, your free agency construct in, yep. in July. What your goal is. So, uh, you know, you may be able to go out there and trade. Let's say the Clippers lose their next 10 games, which it's, you know, crazy, but Actually, their schedule is really difficult. So, uh, and they decide, okay, we're going to sell Tobias Harris at the deadline and get whatever we can for him. Okay, maybe the Jazz then make a trade for him and try to try to sell him on on staying in Salt right. Lake, showing him kind of what the practice facility is sure. like, what it's like to play for Quinn, all that kind of stuff. Because you get I a thirty it, game audition with him, y- right? And you there's get, there's value to that. Uh, I, I think that kind of thing might happen. Okay. Um, because I, I don't think like there's a huge market for Tobias Harris in in, in, a, in a trade other than that kind of scenario sure. with a team that thinks they can keep him. And the Jazz are giving up Derek Favors to get him. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, Derek and this year's first round pick or yep. something. Or or maybe you keep Derek and just say this year's first round pick plus whatever salaries. Yeah, salaries are hard though. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, the Jazz have two tradable salaries because they're expiring and they're big, and that's Ricky Rubio and that's Derek Favors. Right. And I, I personally don't think Ricky Rubio is a long-term part of the team. I don't think he should be, but that doesn't mean the Jazz agree with me. And they could very well keep him around long-term. And if they don't find a better option in the off-season for similar money, you probably sign him to a one or a two-year deal. Well, look, I, 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 to me, I think you want to upgrade. You you want to upgrade the the point guard spot and the power forward spot. Um, as good as Derek Favors and Jay Crowder are, I think those are kind of the clear spots where you can you can get better. And then you probably need like a longer term option at the three, assuming like some downturn in, in Joe Ingles' performance because sure. he's over thirty. Um, but so in, in this soft season, you have to kind of decide: Am I going to go for a max guy at point guard, or am I going to go for a max guy at the four? And how likely do I think those? Uh, are you know those things are to happen? What are the chances you can get a Chris Middleton? What are the chances you can get Tobias Harris to sign? Okay, now when you're making that trade, uh, are you at the deadline? Are you setting yourself up to sign Chris Middleton or Tobias Harris or Nikola Mirotic yeah. or so on and so forth, 
Or do you think you've got a chance at a, at a Kemba Walker? Or do you think you can trade for a Mike Conley? You sure. know, some of these potentially available point guards. And, and that's really the question. So to answer Chris's question, like, I th- think there's a 50% chance of a trade and like a 35% that it's a, a major one. I know right? you're not. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, I know you're a math guy, but you can't say 50% they do it and 35% they don't do it. So say, Andy, that doesn't add up at no, all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 35% chance it's a big trade. Yeah. Yeah, because it almost has to be. 15% like minor. Yeah. yeah, you're not going to, yeah, because you're not trading Tony Bradley for a difference maker, and the Jazz aren't just going to rearrange chairs just to rearrange chairs. They don't get bored. I don't think the Jazz are necessarily that team. If they could get something back, they would use, sure. Uh, right. It would be interesting to see if, yeah, if they went after a Chris Middleton, but the Bucks are good. Now, I get, I understand that they're in salary cap hell this offseason, potentially, uh, and they may want to get something for him while they can. Same with Tobias Harris if they feel like they're going to lose him, or Nikola Miritich if the Pelicans feel like they're going to lose him. Uh, and there's certainly options out there for you. Yeah. I, I would bet now, honestly, I'd bet the Jazz don't make a move. Okay. That would be my gut feeling. I just don't think they're going to. I think you can run forward with Derek Favors. I think there's always a risk of Rudy Gobert getting hurt because of his size, because of the way he plays, and then you want to win a first-round series so you can appeal to somebody to sign with you anyways, and having Derek Favors there helps. Helps. And then yeah. he's got an interesting contract in the offseason where if something catastrophic happens, you need him back next year, you re-up him. And if you don't want to, you got $16 million, you can waive, and you get him off the books. And it's not that hard to do, and he's actually got a late period to do that, right? It's like the 7th of July. Yeah. So you can you can kind of let free agency play out and then decide whether or not you're going to keep favors. So you can not certainly play do out 100%, but you've got six days to figure it out. That's pretty good. It's longer than uh, they had with Gordon Hayward. You know, they got right. four days with, well, four, Gordon waited four days before he signed and kind of uh, put them in a tough spot. Yeah. Should we take a break? Yeah, and we've got we'll a whole come... bunch of questions, though, after the break. So thank you, guys. Keep sending them in. Okay, tweet, keep tweeting at us, at Andy B. Larson, at Ben's Hoops, at JP underscore Chunga. Uh, we're going to be back with more Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700, Andy Larson, Ben Anderson, JP Chunga. Always text the show, 877-353-0700. I should pull that up, though, if I'm advertising that we're allowing you to text in. Tweet at us, at Andy B. Larson, at Ben's Hoops on Twitter. We always love to hear from you, at JP underscore Chunga. Uh, Andy, you did say we're getting some, some Oh, questions. yeah, more questions. Oh, uh, from James Pine asks, can or should the Jazz realistically go after Bradley Beal from Washington? Uh, they cannot. They should go after they him. They should. <laughs> very, 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 very good. Uh, he is too good for the Jazz to get without trading Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. Right. There's just too many guys like that. And that's unfortunate, but everyone does that. No one wants to trade their top two players unless they're getting one of your top two players. Right. And hey. Jazz Jazz are in a spot where there aren't many guys I would trade the Jazz top two players for. Yeah. You know? Because they're young and they're young with the team for a long time. Yeah, and you've got control. And their upside is still to, to be to be seen. Yeah. Their potential is yet to be seen. So we'll see it. Yeah. Bradley Bill's really good, but like even uh, you can imagine like a, a Three first-round picks kind of deal. And even then, I think Washington's like, we don't even like first-round picks. Like, they're they're so excited to yeah. trade away their firsts anyway that... Right. Like, But maybe that's what they want. More to trade away. <laughs> For what? For... The nonsense. Yeah, it's the Wizards. Randy they're awful. And, hey, how about yeah. this? 4162 on the text line. Texting in says, huh. my wife was super excited when I told her Corver was back with the Jazz. Why doesn't she follow Andy on Twitter? He's breaking news all over the place. Will I be just as excited come playoff basketball? Uh, I mean, yes, the Jazz. Well, I think the the playoffs. I think he's wondering are the Jazz going to make the playoffs? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think the answer is yes. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I think Kyle Korver will be good in the playoffs too. Do you want the the math? There is that according to five thirty eight, ninety eight percent chance the Jazz make the playoffs. Ninety eight percent. The Jazz are good. Yeah, Jazz are good. 
Yeah, I don't think there was any doubt that the Jazz weren't good. There was some question if were they just going to be slow. There was some fear that maybe Donovan had kind of plateaued. You know, that maybe yeah. his burst onto the first scene was a little Tyreek Evansy, where he has huge first-year numbers and never really improves on him. And I think what we've seen over the last 12 games is that's not something you have to worry about. Yeah, and Donovan's better than Tyreek Evans, and yep. I think we all kind of knew that. And like, right. then Tyreek never had a Rudy Gobert to play with either. I mean, I guess you could say Demarcus Cousins, but that's who Tyreek Evans played with. Sure. But you know, he Rudy is a very, very different kind of player a, than Demarcus. They poison the water in Sacramento, so the basketball <laughs> players can't be any good. Yeah, I mean, look, and uh, yeah, I, I, I just think that there's no question our our, our fine text friend, uh, yeah, making the playoffs, is going to be happy. You could get John Wall. They would take yeah. Derek Favors and Ricky Rubio for John Wall. Absolutely, they would. They can't wait to get rid of that contract. They would gladly give him up. If the Jazz were bonkers and were like, let's try something insane, they could absolutely do that. I don't think the Jazz want to try something that insane. Can I give you... Okay, so John Wall's contract is gigantic, right? Like, it's $43 million, I think, is what it is. In, it uh, wraps up, yeah, in three years. In, in the Yeah, in three years from now. So... That's that's so much of your salary cap for a guy who is the slowest person on Washington's team by the tracking numbers, which huh. is crazy. But like, because he's the fastest player, he's the fastest baseline to baseline, but slowest as far as actually moving because he doesn't actually move. Like yeah. it's either he sprints or he just stands there, right. and and doesn't pass and doesn't defend. Like it's it's crazy. Uh, and yeah, forty six million dollars. Sorry, in 2022, 2023. Just a lot of he's cash. He's got a player option. He's gonna he's probably gonna, he's gonna, gonna that opt into up. that. Now, I do think that there is a unique opportunity for the Jazz to overpay a guy um, to make the team better. No question. Because Donovan Mitchell is still on his rookie deal. He's making $20 million less than he's worth right now. Right. And so you can give that to another player and, and, and in, the, in the meantime and basically see where it takes you. In my mind, I'd rather go for, okay, the guy I've been looking at is Mike Conley. Okay. Mike Conley, you know, we've heard these Mark Gasol trade rumors, right? Uh, if they trade him to wherever, uh, it doesn't make any sense to have Mike Conley as the only yeah. guy left. Because he's 30 years old. Yeah. He's a little injury prone. Yeah. You've got Jaron Jackson Jr. You're trying to start over. You're going to have to draft a point guard anyways at some point. Yeah, you probably don't need Mike Conley in his huge contract. Right. So if you could get out of it and even get a guy who, you know, you could keep Derek Fair, even if you're a young team and you're trying to rebuild— Favors is not the worst guy to have on your roster. No, I mean he's an okay guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, you know? it, it depends what you get back from Marcus All, but you know maybe you you can have him kind of tutor Jaron Jackson a little bit, or maybe you just want to say Jaron Jackson Jr. is the guy there. Yeah, and maybe you just say, but I think the deal is Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors plus this year's first plus Grayson Allen or hmm. this year's first plus next year's first. You know, or two Which years a lot. first. Yeah, it's so, a lot to give up for Mike Conley. But Mike Conley is. I mean, Mike Conley's good. He's not an all-star, but he's the 10th best point guard in the league. Is that about right? Yeah, he's the best player in the league. Has he never made an all-star game? I don't think he has. I think he made one, but I'm not sure. If he hasn't, he's the best player to never make an all-star game in the NBA, you know, okay. at this point. And he's, yeah, he's that caliber of player. And I, he, he's he not. not. Sorry. Yeah, he's the best player in the league who's not made an all-star game. He's Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday beat Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in the playoffs last year. Like, he's that big of a difference maker. Yeah. Um, Drew Holiday is another guy, by the way, that like if the Pelicans move on to Anthony Davis, then he's another guy who could be available. Although they have enough pieces around him that they'd be like thirty-five wins or something like that yeah. without AD. Um, so that's that's like three chess moves away rather than just one, like Mike Conley is. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the downside with Mike Conley is, like you said, he's injury prone. He's thirty-one already. You know, uh, the best years of his career are probably behind him. 
But this year he has played 43 games uh, and is averaging 20 points a game, uh, 6.2 assists per game so, on 42% shooting, 30, 35% from three. And he's a freak and defensive he's a, player. An all-defensive player. Yep. So, like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. If he's out there, yeah, and you can get him, I, I would pull the trigger. Do I want to put two firsts up there? I don't know, because then you are starting to get locked into money, and those young firsts really start to matter. Here's where there might be the opportunity is, okay, so it depends. This year's draft is not good. Okay, so, the, like, there, I've heard this from so many personnel people from not only the Jazz, but elsewhere in the league, that, like, this year's draft, beyond Zion Williamson, is ugly. Even when right. you get to, like, two through five, those guys don't look like the same caliber of players that you usually get at that point in that in the draft. Sure. And when you get to 10 through 30, it gets real ugly real quick. Yeah, right. If you're going to trade a first-round pick in this year's draft, that's not a big deal from a Jazz point of view. Now, it might not be a big deal from a Memphis point of view. You know, you have to give them a reason to right. give up Mike Conley, too, uh, and, and beat whatever offers other teams are going to give. The nice thing about that is that they're only – probably three teams interested in getting a good getting someone like mm. Mike Conley right yeah. like you have to have the salary cap space and you have to have the kind of the expiring deals to to match it and you have to need a a starting caliber point guard and there are so many good point guards in this league right now that uh there aren't that many teams that just need one Memphis is probably draft pick hungry because their pick this year is conveyed to Boston if it's at what outside the top 10 I want to say yeah. And they really want to get rid of that pick. I mean, they really want that pick to convey this year because the draft is so bad. And that is maybe where they trade Rubio and Favors for Mike Conley because they say, look, Rubio and Favors are going to help us win 35 games, and that will give us the 12th draft pick or the you know 14th draft pick. Great, if we get the 14th pick, the worst in the lottery, and that's what Boston gets, Great, that's exactly what we want. Big win. Yeah, right, because you're probably not going to make the playoffs, but good enough to give that uh, trade to Boston. And then maybe you get the 23rd overall pick from the Jazz or – 26th overall pick from the Jazz, that ends up being a pretty reasonable move for them. They should take care of a couple of things. Next question. Actually, I've got one on the old text line okay. here. 97-84. I noticed that the Jazz have currently played fewer games against the Western Conference teams than any team in the conference. Is our current sense of optimism a bit overstated because so many of the games are against Western Conference teams? I think you look at which teams they've played in the Western Conference, and, and that kind of fear goes away. Uh, obviously, they've played the Warriors twice already. They haven't played Denver a lot, so that's that's maybe only, know, once. only, only once. You played the uh, Thunder three times, but you haven't played Phoenix yet. Uh, you, I, I think you you have opportunities against you know. Really, the schedule gets easier in January and February. It gets very easy in in March and April. So let me um, think about this. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. You've played the Suns one time, zero times, zero times. You played the Grizzlies three times. You played the Mavericks three times? Yes. You played the Pelicans one time yes. when Rudy had all the dunks? You played the Timberwolves one time when Derrick Rose beat you? Is that it? The one time? Yep. Played the Kings three times? You beat them twice? Played the Lakers twice? You're one and one? Played the Clippers once? That's pretty good. That, that you know The worst teams, you really have not played that many times. Right. You're going to have opportunities to beat them. Played the Mavericks, what, twice? Is that what we said? Or three times? Three that times. we decided? Okay, three times. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think the Nuggets are unbeatable. Like you get the Nuggets here in Salt Lake, you can win that game, and in fact, you should probably expect to win that game, even though they're really. You'll good. probably be favored. Yeah, I, yeah. Expect is strong, but yeah. Sure. Yeah, favored to win the game. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I think that's a, is a fair point by the texter that like Absolutely. okay, yeah, you've got some Western Conference teams, but I, I would also say that you look at the the quality of the Eastern Conference teams that they have, 
left. And and it's, you know, you still got two games left against Atlanta. You still got two games left against Washington. Uh, you you know, you, you really do have opportunities. You've got Cleveland coming in town on Friday, another game against Chicago coming up. I mean, you, you really do have these kind of opportunities to um, – to make up some wins, and, and that's kind of why you have to look at the, the remaining strength of schedule rather than just by conference, um, which, by the way, you can do you can do all over. I like to look at the ESPN strength of schedule and basketball references strength of schedule. And the Jazz have only played 20 home games. The only other team in the West that's played that few is the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. And, that and they've still got a really tough schedule the rest of the way. Yes. So that's good. Yeah, Jazz playing at home, they're better at home. So, yeah, I, I you know, that's a fair criticism. I, you know, I, I don't think the Jazz have... Uh, it's not necessarily going to be the easiest thing in the world, but it's like the the third easiest schedule in the league, and I think it still is the remaining easiest schedule in the Western Conference. If I'll, I'll double check that during the break, but one more uh, question, yeah, do you have a short one? Because we'll get some longer ones on the other side. Yeah, um, I'm just going to say no to this one quickly. It's a trade idea uh, from one of our fans. Take it. Uh, it is so the, the Jazz would be getting Otto Porter Jr. and Chris Dunn. Otto Porter Jr. from Washington. It's a okay. three-team deal. Yep. Chris Dunn from the Chicago Bulls. Okay. Wizards would be getting Jabari Parker from the Bulls and Ricky Rubio. And the Bulls would be getting Derek Favors and Thomas Sedaransky. So the Jazz are getting Chris Dunn. Who's a, He's exactly Dante Exum at his best. You know, if Chris Dunn were to hit his, like, prime... He's what we've seen out of Dante Exum the last two weeks. Okay. Uh, when Dante was healthy. I thought you were going hurt. the other way around on that. I'm like, you're really low on Dante. But. No, if Chris Dunn can really figure it out, you get what you've gotten from Dante at his best. Okay, so he's your uh, which third is point guard. Low, <laughs> yeah, which is not great. And then, obviously, there was interest in Otto Porter in the past, but you're giving yeah. up Derek Favors and Ricky Rubio to get him? Yeah. I mean, you're losing those guys in the offseason anyway, so there's a decent chance of that. It's not awful. It's, it's not crazy. I don't see any reason Washington does it, because, like, why do they want Jabari Parker? Because he uh, expires. Okay, you're just getting so you're, you're just, just cashing out. out of this Thomas Sadaransky. Okay, uh, you're cashing. Maybe out. I'm not saying no to this. And Chicago, Chicago, Chicago gets get? Sadaransky in favors at uh, the expense of. That's not a terrible in. trade. Yeah, okay, that's not a terrible trade. I take it back. I'm, I don't I, know if I, the Jazz are. I, I mean, Otto Porter was really good last year. He was really good the year before that. It's been okay this year. It's really hard to judge what's going on in Washington right now. Yeah, I. I I I like want to have belief in in the rest of Otto Porter's career. Um the so A he's been really reluctant to shoot this year, yep. which is a problem um if you kind of slot him into the Jazz's offense. Uh and his defense has been a real question mark, which again, maybe circumstance, maybe his coach, all those kind of things. He certainly has the tools and maybe Quinn Snyder takes advantage of, of them. You're not going to get a perfect player when you're making a trade. There is no such thing as a perfect How player. How much does he make? But he's making twenty five million a year. Yeah, and at twenty five million dollars, I want and a guy who can dribble. You, you, you know, right. like I, I, I'm really happy paying Tabo Cephalosha and Kyle Korver next year. I mean, bring back Tabo Cephalosha on a one year deal at seven million dollars, and you you re up Kyle Korver, and those two total cost fourteen million dollars, and they really shoot, and one of them plays defense, and one of them's not a terrible defensive player. Like that's that's probably. Honestly, with that extra $10 million you would save, I would rather have that than Otto Porter. And again, you look towards free agency and kind of try to figure out what you can do. I think you have to take kind of, not necessarily even the moonshot, but like, let's say you have you think you have a, a 25% chance of getting a Chris Middleton, a Tobias Harris, or even someone like a Kemba Walker, you yeah. know, a, a real difference maker. Um, I think you have to take that because that, that upside potential 
is is much better than this team, but with Otto Porter. And I think you can always find a way to take on salaries. And eventually Otto Porter becomes a salary yeah. that other teams have to get rid of. So I'm with you. I don't think it's a terrible trade. I would say no, but I don't think it's a terrible trade. We'll take more of those at Andy B. Larson on Twitter, at Ben's Hoops, at JP underscore Chunga. Love to hear from you. You can also text us on the text line, 877-353-0700. We'll take a break. We'll come back, answer more of your questions on the Salt City Hoop Show, Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700, 750. Andy Larson, Ben Anderson, J.P. Chunga. Find us on Twitter at Andy B. Larson, at Ben's Hoops, at J.P. underscore Chunga. You can also text us on the text line, 877-353-0700. Technically, that's the Mercedes-Benz of Farmington text line. Ah, I like it. Thank uh, you, we got more questions? Yeah. Uh, Giorgio Spinos, our, our Greek fan, asks, uh, whom from Rubio? He used whom, which is great. Yeah. Ricky Rubio, Dante Exum, Derek Favors, and Tabo Cephalosha is most likely to move. Derek Favors. Hmm. you got good depth behind him. Honestly, if Jay Crowder and Tabo Cephalosha are healthy, and you're probably trading Derek Favors for a power forward, in all honesty. Yeah, I would say I would put Tabo on that list because he's a very flexible contract. You know, like yeah. six and a half million dollars is a good amount of money that you might need in a trade, basically. Yeah. Um, either way. And, you know, if you don't have Tabo, it's not the worst thing in the world. Correct. Because he's a little bit, uh, uh, I mean, you've got, he's a replica already. He's already kind of doing a little bit of what Jay Crowder does or a little bit of what Derek Favors does or a little bit of what Joe Ingles does. I think you can uh replace what he's what you would be losing yeah. when he gets traded. I also think 7 million dollars it's hard to find guys that you're wanting to take on for that type of money. Sure. Again, it's like a nice middle contract. That's why I think Derek Favors is 16 million with the type of option his contract has where if a team wants to bring him back, they can. If a team wants to get rid of him in July, they can. That, that has value. And $16 million, you can probably take on a player who you don't love at the $16 million price tag, and another team really doesn't love at a $16 million price tag. But because we've talked about where the Jazz can probably overpay a little bit here and there for a couple of guys, you could probably take on a 10 or $12 million guy at a $16 million deal. I suspect there aren't a lot of teams excited to trade for Derek Favors' contract and then Lose pay him? that money. Oh, no. pay it? Oh, yeah. Right. So you get you get a guy who has two years and $32 million left on his deal, and they take on Derek Favors and wave him, and they're happy to save $16 million next year. Okay. Uh, least likely of those four, by the way? What was the, what were the names? Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> Rubio, Exum, Favors, and Cephalosha. Uh, Rubio. No, Exum is. You think Exum's the least likely to be traded? Yeah. Okay. Glad they liked those eight games they got from him. <laughs> they were good. They were <laughs> really good eight games. Those were incredible eight games. <laughs> they were good. I mean, look, if, if you gave him three years, 30 Three months from now, or three months ago, six months ago, sorry, whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, you're you saw what you saw in those eight games, and admittedly, like again, yeah, eight he games. Got, he got hurt for three weeks. But I, I think you already made the long term bet to trade him. That yeah, he it, did. to to sign him. Yep. Excuse me, you're not going to trade him. Okay. Taylor Charles asks, "Is it too early to say Grayson Allen was the wrong or right pick in this year's draft?" Too early. Do you see him developing more? Yes, it's it's too early. You know, we're halfway through his rookie year. Um, I do think that it is fairer to judge Grayson Allen in his first 
half of a season than most rookies because he was a senior because he is 23 years old. You know, you you do expect sooner returns on older players. Um, but I do think that you look at last year's draft and look at the guys behind Grayson Allen and it's not a it's not a huge track record of success. There's one name that jumps out to me drafted behind him that would have made sense, and that's Landry Shamit, who's really shooting the ball well in Philly. And no one was talking about hey, the Jazz should draft Landry. Yeah, I mean Shamit. he was in the conversation. He was one of those guys. He was one of the best shooters in the draft, and the Jazz needed shooting. Uh, but you know what? In all honesty, I'm not down on Grayson Allen's upside. I actually think he's going to learn a lot. I think he's got a, a maybe a rougher adjustment period because he's got to shake off. Maybe almost bad lessons you learned by playing college for four years or whatever it was. You know, I yeah. think you learn some some. You have to unlearn some things when you've played that level of basketball for that long. You've got to unlearn them, be willing to do it, and then retrain yourself. And guys can do that. And I think I, I think Grayson Allen can do it. I, I liked what he saw last night. I liked what he did he last did, night. I, I thought he was good, but like he absolutely cost the Jazz the lead that thirteen point lead in yeah. in the beginning of the second quarter. But I, he's a rookie, you know, and I'm okay with that. And I get that he's sure. twenty three, but he's not. It's not thirty three. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. this we we he, he will get better. We've how much really better. gone overboard with the idea Disagree. that a senior. I don't draft him in the lottery. I'm absolutely okay with drafting that guy at at twenty three or twenty four, or about twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, that's fine. If that's where you got him. <laughs> uh, also, I, this. Uh, the Jazz would have loved to have grabbed one of the guys in front of him. And they may have been more willing to take a Dante DiVincenzo, although he hasn't done a ton. He's hurt. Kevin they Herter's, Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter's been absolutely fabulous the last, what, two weeks now of yeah. the season for the Hawks. And, yeah, they absolutely would have drafted him if they could have. He was gone by that point. What, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So, yeah, I, I don't think it was and I like, necessarily I like Josh a Kobe bad pick. Do, yeah, I, I like Josh Okoge. Uh, and, again, also gone. But, yeah, I think that that would have made some sense. Uh, I, I mean, I, I said from the beginning, I, I don't like Grayson as a pick because, you know, like I said, he is old because his, his track record at college wasn't good. But you're totally right about him needing to figure out kind of the NBA game. And as much as like Quinn is from Duke and therefore we think him and Coach K have that connection, they are such different coaches from yep. an X's and O's point of view. Yep. Like, And in particular, Quinn is is actually really good from an is one of the best coaches in the world from an X's and O's and, and Coach K isn't. Maybe your people have told you different. Yeah, right. Uh, maybe your people have told you different. What I heard about the uh, the workout from Grayson Allen was he dominated the guys he went up against and was extremely competitive and worked really hard, and that's what they liked. So about that him. was Kyrie Thomas, Aaron Holiday, and, and who? Oh, Aaron Holiday you might draft in front of him. We'll be back. More Salt City <laughs> Hoop Show coming up next. Home of the best Utah Jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700, 802, Andy Larson, Ben Anderson, JP Chunga. Find us on Twitter at Andy B. Larson, at Ben's Hoops, and at JP underscore Chunga. Do you want to tell people what we do on the Salt City Hoops show? What do you mean? Just talk jazz basketball? Yeah, we, that's what we do. Well, some people might be tuning in. A lot yeah. of people are listening on podcasts, but if you're hearing us live for the first time, you don't recognize these voices. They should recognize yours, I hope. Let's recognize yours, too. You've got one of the more recognizable voices, and well, you've got, got one of the best jazz voices in the uh, in the, in the world. Well, thank you. But uh, you're on the radio every day. Yeah, but people know Andy Larson. Okay. When you're talking jazz basketball, Andy Larson is synonymous 
with greatness. At Andy B. Larson on Twitter. Read him in the Salt Lake Tribune. Yeah, you can find me 2 to 6 Monday through Friday right here, the second half of Gunther and Ben. I'm Ben. Uh, okay, more questions? Yeah. Let's hear them. Uh, real quick, it was Jalen Brunson who we were forgetting in that Grayson Allen workout before the break. Uh, right. DC Danielson asks, uh, oh no, actually, he was responding to our last listener. Kyle Gunther asks if I can beat JP in chess. The answer is yes, of course I can. <laughs> Tweet us. Tell him I've been burning it up. I've downloaded a new app and I'm killing it. I feel uh, great. This is Gunther asked because yeah, Ben is, is started to play chess today in order to beat his uh, six year old son. Mm-hmm. And not going to happen. He needs to practice me. before yeah. before this happens. Um, Nate Bosworth at Nate Boz asks any chance of keeping Donovan Mitchell at the one since he's doing incredibly well at it. I've got mixed opinions on this. My opinion is you shouldn't. Uh, and let me ask you, Sandy, are there any players like Donovan Mitchell who play point guard or you know the lead guard that have really good teams? James Harden, Russell Westbrook. You think that you think they're comparable? Yeah, I mean James Harden was a straight up two for the majority of his right. career, right? I, I don't know if Donovan Mitchell is even cool. I mean, he's not in the same stratosphere of passing that James Harden is. James yeah. Harden's otherworldly. I, I I wouldn't even compare James Harden to Donovan Mitchell. And all, he's just he's so That's good. Right. He's so much better than Donovan Mitchell is. And it's just unfair to ask that of Donovan Mitchell. James Harden's doing historical things that the best score in the best scores we've ever heard of Michael, LeBron, Kobe, right. Kevin Durant, they can't touch. Your his only comparison is Wilt Chamberlain, and Wilt Chamberlain was a fake basketball <laughs> player that you know was at a time machine. We made him up. Yeah, we made him up. Wow. Um. Yeah, no one averages 50 points and 25 rebounds a game, except for he <laughs> did. Possible. He did. And James Harden is starting to put up Someone things that only rival Wilt Chamberlain. So I'm not going to compare him to that. Yeah, no, you, what is this? What is this Thunder team if they don't have Paul George? Yeah, they're you know they're what they were two years ago, right? They're an average 45 win team. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that's but, the Jazz' best potential. Uh, you know, now if you can not... get a Paul George, I, I would probably pretty gladly move him over there. I do worry that you're going to turn yourself into the Wizards with John Wall. Why? Why? Why is that your company? If I'm looking at like high scoring lead guards who put the ball in their hands, I, I worry that that that's who you're going to turn into. Or yeah, the Russell Westbrook 45 win Thunder team that aren't that threatening. Okay, yeah, but I mean, to me, I I don't. I I, I think it depends on who's around it. I I think you just have to go to good second guard next to Donovan Mitchell, whether that be a point guard or a two guard. I totally agree. Like, if, if you know, the, the comparison everyone uses is Dwayne Wade, right? And that Dwayne Wade was playing next to Mario Chalmers. You're saying or... Mario Chalmers, pretty good. <laughs> like, is Mario Chalmers the one or is Dwayne Wade the one there? Well, okay, right. they had they listed Mario Chalmers at the one. But, like, if you would put, you can't tell me that putting Dwayne Wade at the one and, you know, Ray Allen at the two wouldn't have been a better team. Right. It was I agree. A better I agree. Team. It was obviously, yeah. You know, so I, I, I'm just saying that, like, I, I think you, I, I think we kind of overrate the difference between the one and the two. I agree. I think it's who is the primary ball handler and how many plays you kind of start with those guys. Um, and I do think that there's a. I think you should go out and get whoever uh, is the best player you can get to put next to Donovan Mitchell, kind I, of outside of the one versus two. And dichotomy. I think that's the huge advantage of having a guy like Donovan Mitchell. Is if you can go out and get Kemba Walker, great. And if you can only get Chris Middleton, and you feel comfortable playing him there, play him there. Yeah, that's fine. And that is the advantage of having a guy. And if Donovan Mitchell has to handle the ball more, you can do it. I think regardless, come the playoff time, you're going to see a lot of what you've seen the last two weeks with Donovan Mitchell, the point guard, in the playoffs. 
I, I agree. Because it's, um, it's really dangerous. I don't think you're going to see a lot of it once Ricky Rubio comes back. I agree. You know, I think Ricky is going to regain his spot in the starting lineup pretty easily. Yep. I don't think Quinn's going to take that away from him. Nope. And that makes sense because, again, it's not who's your point guard are you choosing between Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell. It's are you choosing between starting Ricky Rubio or Royce O'Neal. And that's a, a very different conversation. Yeah. You know, you, you can pick Ricky there. Yeah. I also would worry about burning out Donovan Mitchell at this point. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. He's yeah. doing a lot right now. James Harden, I've, James Harden, as we're talking about, is otherworldly, and I worry about him burning out, having to do this while Clint Capella and, and Chris Paul are out. Right, and, and you know, the good news is that the Jazz actually run an offense, right? So like, it's it's right. Houston is just so much. James Harden runs the ball every, you know, in those last two games where he scored over fifty points, he wasn't assisted on any of his baskets, zero assisted points. Like that's that's it's all him doing it yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's never been the case with the Jazz with Donovan, and and, and it won't be the case. But uh, so you know, it's not going to get to that extent. But yeah, I, I think there it's a fair consideration of like you want to find someone who can dribble and play make a little bit next to him. But because he's so good, you could go out and you could get any number of guys to put alongside Donovan. You could get a Kemba. Get a Damian Lillard. Could get if we like Terry Rozier. You know, no, we don't like Terry Rozier. Can we make a quick note on that? Terry Rozier sucks. Whoa, yeah, Andrew, Andrew, straight up, Andrew. He's not been good off the bench. He's really good when he starts. No, he was. He had a good playoff run. Just good. I'm I, excited about that. I'm not, I'm not giving him twenty million dollars this off season, but he's going to be starting next year. He's not. He's not going to be with Boston next year. He's not going to be starting next year. Oh, Who he'll starts? start somewhere. Who starts Someone the guy who's him. shooting 37% from the field and isn't playing defense right now and like okay. is a problem? I was going to say the Jazz start that player. His name's Ricky Rubio. No, but, but he does exactly. Ricky okay. Rubio <laughs> plays defense and is a better shooter than Terry Rozier. I think you give him starting minutes, he might be a young player who needs to figure that out. Okay. And that happens there, guys like that. Randy Foy didn't know how to come off the bench. <laughs> okay, or start. he's Randy Foy. I'll take Randy Foy. I like Randy. That's Mario <laughs> no. Chalmers. To play next to you Dwayne Wade. All right, then... Okay, but we should be realistic about what Terry Rozier is rather than, like, the future starting point guard of the Utah Jazz. He is Randy Foy or Mario Chalmers. <laughs> he's better than those guys. No, he's not. Yeah, he is better than no. those guys. He's bad. Boston Boston fans want, uh, oh, Shane Larkin back. They want to play Shane Larkin over Terry Rozier. Didn't they just sign? What was that kid that came out of college that everyone was comparing to Steph Curry? A couple of years ago, he's got the initials for the first name. They just signed him to a 10-day contract. Oh, uh, Went to like RJ, yeah, uh, RJ Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Start RJ Hunter. RJ Hunter is better than Terry. No, that's not that's true. Not I can't true. go that far. Terry Rozier is not good. I, I disagree with that, but I understand he's not been great this year because he's only averaging 8.4 points. He's, fans hate him. That's fine. Boston fans. Yeah, okay. They're racists. <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> uh, they are! Sure. Okay. We have more questions? Yeah, we do have more <laughs> questions. Let's move on. Terry Rozier, bad. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have a crazy trade idea. Clayson Sierra asks... Does it land uh, Terry Rozier? No. Okay. All right. Rudy Gobert for Anthony Davis. Who says no? Both teams. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right now, both teams. Uh, I would love Anthony Davis, and that's a guy that I would trade if you knew he's going to be around long term. Probably sure. either Donovan or Rudy for. Yes, absolutely. He's a because, top three player in the league. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's there top with three. He's any given night. He's forty and eighteen. I mean, he's one of sure two it's, guys in the world crazy. that can do that. Yeah, he's absolutely absurd. Uh, LeBron James, Kevin LeBron, Durant, Kevin James Durant. Harden. Okay, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Okay, he's five, and Thank on any you. given night, even with those guys on the floor, he's better than there. 
Sometimes. Any given night, he's better than those guys. Yeah. Not every night, but, but some, he, he's three out of ten. Of it. Okay. Yeah, four yeah. out of ten, he's better than those guys. Yeah, and uh, as good as Rudy, as good as Donovan are, they're not that good. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, but Anthony Davis is, if you, you know, he's a free agent in a year and a half, right? And so, uh, and I, I don't think that the Jazz would have any really good chance of keeping him, to be honest. You know, I, I think he, he obviously wants to win, but I think he, with his agent being Rich Paul, um, I, I think he wants to go to a bigger market and, and make money after spending, you know, the first eight years of his career in, in small New Orleans without a lot of uh, market potential. As a starter, Terry Rozier is averaging 15 points, six rebounds, and five assists. Terry Rozier What's sucks. <laughs> What's he shooting? That was a drop. Well, let's not get into shooting percentages. <laughs> no, that Terry Rozier sucks. Okay. okay, I don't love this from the floor. 38% from the floor. But 38.5% from the three-point line. <laughs> That's good. That's better than Ricky Rubio. Yeah, okay. He is a starter is better than Ricky Rubio. Those Boston numbers, fans. Okay. they're racists. <laughs> if he can give you that. If Terry Rozier gives you that as a starter, he's better than Ricky Rubio, and I'd rather pay him that $15 million. Or you can go door number C and go... Uh, sure. <laughs> Terry Rozier sucks. But what Thanks, do you think JP. about Boston fans? That's the real question. Boston fans. Okay, they're racists. <laughs> Gone off the rails a little bit with Terry Rozier. He's bad. He's uh, not bad. Okay, they're racists. Agreed. Yeah. He should not be your starting point guard if you want to win. Remains uh, to be seen. Clayson. Uh, again, uh, second question from Clayson. How many more seasons would you expect Rudy to stay at prime Rudy Gobert level? How old is he? 26? 27? Yeah. Mm, I'll give him three years. That's it? Yeah, three. And then he'll probably take a step back, but he's not dropping 25%. He'll drop 10%. He's just going to slow down. He moves a lot. He's yeah. a long body to be moving that much. It's not that's not how guys are designed. Humans aren't designed that way. Yeah. There's a reason he makes $100 million because of the way he's designed. And then he works really hard on top of it and good for Rudy. But uh, I think the majority of it, uh, yeah, he'll lose 10% by the time he turns 30. I, I'm not ready to... Given that how he has kind of improved year after year, and, and that's what you're supposed to do until you're 26, which is what Rudy Gobert is, um, I, I might give him until he's 31, 32. You know, like that's... We've we've seen big men kind of start to decline then, and you know he, I I think he is uh, vulnerable to like have foot problems or something like Absolutely. that. But we haven't seen those before, so uh, you wood. know where like we've seen Derek Favors have back problems. We haven't seen Rudy Gobert with those kind of same things, and he does keep himself in really good shape. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I I would lean more towards five or six. Okay, I, but yeah, I'm an look, if you get three or four, you're in really good shape too. That's about Terry Rozier, you've got really good years. You know, you've got four, if you get four more years of Rudy. Considering Donovan's going to be coming to his own, if you can get that third player, if you get this level of Rudy, plus Donovan improving, I don't think it's crazy to think he could improve 25% based on what he is already because he's spectacular. Yeah. And you get a third guy or a legit kind of number two guy, that's a, might be a championship level roster. Yep. If there's not super teams all around him. That's, uh, that's Jazz's hope, right? Like, there is, a, there is like a real chance that this Jazz team wins a championship in the next five years. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, the best chance they've had since the late nineties. Uh, even more than Darren and Darren Williams. Yeah, era. And uh, I'm not going to say because it it's blasphemous. What I was going to say, Jerry was not caught up enough on the times to win a championship. He was then, maybe. Then the gap wasn't big. You know, like you were. Phil Jackson was still running the triangle. Sure. Jazz were afraid to shoot threes, and they had 
you know, Kyle Korver and Memo Kerr that could have been launching threes. But nobody was at that no, point. Uh, Memo was, right? Like, yeah, Memo he ended up shooting five threes. or six, right, at some point. That, that's very good. That's you know, lot. like, for, for that era, I thought that was a lot. Um, he ob- obviously should have let Kyle Korver shoot. The big, the big, like, anachronism for Jerry for me was the, the fouling. Uh, right, that his team. You said make a murder at the line. The out of people. Like, well, no, like, that's wrong. They will earn it at the yeah, line, right. and they They're will score a lot to. of points. Yeah, um, but ultimately the Jazz had like decent defensive teams even in that era. So maybe it, maybe it worked a little bit. And and with Carlos Boozer and, and Memo Kerr as your your front court, which is Not difficult to be a good defensive team with them. Yep. Uh, Keldon Birch asks, "You're the GM." Yes, the Jazz are closer to winning a championship with this group than that group. Because they have guys who are closer to being top 10 players in the league than they did then. Staring a top 10 player? He probably was for his absolute prime. His best year at the Jazz, he probably was. But yeah. I think I think Rudy was last year. Rudy might be this year. Yeah. Okay. Good point. You're the GM. Any players you would like to see on the Jazz, or would you keep it all the same? From the GM? Players I'd like to see on the Jazz? You're the GM. Oh, LeBron? You're in charge. KD? Are we talking they realistically? No. Yeah, okay. Colin uh, probably wants realistic. Give me, you know, anyone on the Bucks roster, not name Giannis. And I still want Giannis, but Malcolm Brogdon. Would you playing? want Eric Bledsoe? He's, He's like an actual thing because he'll become right? available this offseason, right? Yeah. He's got a sign. Uh, they don't have any money. They've kind of locked up a bunch of their money. Now, they did make the trade. What trade did they make earlier? George Hill. George Hill, that's right. And they're going to clear him up after the end of the season, and they'll have some cash. Yeah, so that was the idea is that, that they would have cash to give to Chris Middleton to keep him if he wants to stay there. There's some I, I've heard uh, differing things on whether or not he's happy in, in Milwaukee. Now, yeah. winning solves a lot of problems, and so uh, maybe maybe he will be happy. Maybe he'll be like, eh, yeah, let's go win this thing. But yeah. um, Eric Bledsoe is an interesting one to me. It's not bad. It's kind of been rumored to the Jazz for a long time since he was the backup to Chris Paul at the Clippers. It's true. Uh that may have been more fan-driven than reality-driven. Absolutely. But then he got to Phoenix, and there was kind of talk about it potentially being real. And, yeah, there's been options there. Okay. Um, Eric Bledsoe is your answer to Kelton's question. I like that. No. Uh, or Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys I'd say. I don't know if you get Malcolm Brogdon. He's going to get a bunch of money. He didn't sign a contract yet. He's still on the, what, did they give him a three-year deal coming out? Let's see. When did he win the Rookie of the Year? Two years ago? I don't think he signed a deal yet. He'll sign a bunch of money, though. He's going to get so much money. Yeah. He's really good. Agent. He's really good. Uh, let's see here. But that's a guy you could go out and just say, all right, match this, Milwaukee. Like We're giving him $20 million because he's a legit, really good defensive player. He's a really nice fit next to Donovan Mitchell. He can play point guard. He can play shooting guard. He, he is a guy you can yeah. put on James Harden for an entire playoff series and give him hell. That's a that's a guy you could throw a bunch of money at and just try, just to do what Portland did to the Jazz with Paul Millsap. You're you're happy with him as your starting point guard or starting next to Donovan Mitchell, second yeah. Donovan. Yeah. Okay. If yeah. you believe in what you can do in the Jazz, you know, like his intelligence. Uh, he is already 26, same age as Rudy Gobert. Fun fact. That's why you don't draft old rookies unless they're Malcolm Brockton. Yeah, but definitely really, really draft good. him. <laughs> uh, Riley O'Brien. Asks, well, is there a guy you'd like if you're the GM? I mean, there's a million guys, right? Milos Teodosic. Yeah, Reggie <laughs> like, Bullock just I'm, looked awesome for Detroit. Uh, this Teo is just, you know, he's your guy, guy I like. But yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, in, in reality, like, yeah, there, I mean, there are a ton of players who you, you would want to, to see on your team. Um, I, I think you, if you're the GM, I think the, the choices Dennis has made in terms of this team's identity are, I, I agree with those, and I would stick with, you know, defense. Yep. you need defense 
play defensive players at every position on the floor. Uh, and then you need to have smart and passing players. And that eliminates, honestly, 60% of the league, right? The guy who would have been near the top of my list before the season started was Kyle Korver. Yeah. He would have been top five on my list because he's available. You probably didn't have to pay a fortune for him. And you kind of thought in the right system he would really fit in again because shooters generally fit. And the Jazz went and got him. And with Quinn, yeah. And he, uh, that was perfect. That was that would have been a top five player on my list before the season started. And the Jazz went out and got him. Mike Conley. Sure. There's my guy. Yep. Uh, does Goran Dragic have anything left or is he done? Uh, he is definitely slipped and is just injured and, uh, injured for a long time is, is my understanding. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's, he's absolutely a possibility that he need to move on from, uh, a a lot of salaries. I think he's he's making 18 this year. He's got a player option for 18 next year, which is not great because you know, he's opting in. So you lose a bunch of your free agency money this off season, but you could probably still sign one guy. Because you understand you're losing favors and you're losing Ricky Rubio. If you uh, you probably have to trade favors to get Dragic, and then you know you're losing Rubio once you have him. So then you only get one year of Dragic, though. You know, and then yeah. you're, you're not getting a big window there. And yeah, and then you're getting 33 year old Dragic, and, and that's like yeah, not Dragic. a great defender. No, Dragic, whatever. Dragon, Dragic, Goran, Dragic. Yeah, Goran. I'll take uh, to me, I I'm really in love with Mike Conley's like. Plus minus stats for his entire career, yeah. they've been yeah. awesome, 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 including this year. Yeah. Uh, Drogic has has never been that guy. He, his best season in Phoenix, he was that guy. But you know now he's a plus one kind of guy rather than a plus four kind of guy. Um, and I, you know, that's why I like Conley. But anyway, uh, Riley O'Brien, question just for fun for you guys: Who would you guys like to see the Jazz play in round one of the playoffs? Which matchup would be the most compelling? Denver. Why? Rudy versus Jokic doesn't get any better than that. Donovan Mitchell versus the team that drafted him. Same with Rudy. Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray. That's an awesome. Those are awesome matchups. Counterpoint: Blazers. Dame versus Donovan. Same reason that you had him on on Christmas Day. That's a that's an NBA matchup that's exciting for people. You've got CJ McCollum. You've got a clash of styles. Did you watch that game? Did you watch the game they played like two days before that? Those weren't exciting. <laughs> Just beat <laughs> them by exciting. forty. Yeah. The the, the uh, Blazers got swept by the Pelicans last year. I'm not so sure the Jazz wouldn't sweep the Blazers this year. They might. Uh, how about the Thunder? The Thunder? No. Rematch. Sorry. I saw Paul it George, Joe I, Ingles. I saw it already. No, I'd rather see Denver. I like the newness. And I like the mountain. <laughs> you haven't seen them without the Carmelo Anthony. Rivalry. And I don't want to see them. Jazz might lose that series. I think the Jazz would okay, beat Denver. But, uh, I think Riley's not asking... Who has who the Jazz have the best chance to be? Andy, he preface it by saying, "Here's a fun question for you." So I'm going to have fun with it. And I'm going to say Denver. No, and you argued with me. We're going to take it seriously. Yeah. I, I told you I what I wanted. Like and you argued with me. <laughs> I, like, yeah, that's fair. That's what I want. Is Denver. Who do you want? Don't say Denver. <laughs> if you say Denver, uh, Lakers would be compelling. Ooh, I, I, yeah, I would love to see LeBron twice here in Salt Lake City. Might be all you see him. I think LeBron's going to win a first-round series. Really? Yeah. He's the best player in the world. You So, at Jazz versus Lakers, who do you, who do you take right With now? LeBron? With LeBron? Healthy? LeBron. Oh. Okay. He beat the Raptors last year. You see how bad this Cavs team is? Rodney Hood's like their second-best player. And LeBron beat the War, or the Raptors last year. And the Pacers yeah. by himself. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. And he's, he's taking 25 games off in the middle of the season. 
Ah, groin popped. I'm going to drink some wine on the sideline. I'm going to come back at 100% just in time for the postseason. And as long as I don't have to play the Warriors and most likely the Rockets, I'm going to win that first-round series. It does feel dangerous. Yeah, he's the best ever. Yeah, I don't want to play him in the first round. Least compelling? Mm, I was going to say Thunder, but you were now. No, I, I'm, I'm in on Thunder. I think that's actually. I think a that was a very, very good playoff series last year, uh, and I think they would be. I think there was two good games last year. There's two good games in which that series, games? right? Game one, which Paul George hit a bunch of crazy game shots. Game two was good. What did the Jazz win by? I guess they. Yeah, they, that that game was, was kind of close. They came back from that ten point deficit from early in the fourth. Uh, thanks to Donovan Mitchell and, and Derek Favors getting every offensive rebound. And then there was the game where the Jazz blew the 20-point lead. So of the six lead. games, three of them were good. Three were just six was, pretty yeah. good Jazz victories. I, game six was a good one, too. It was a, it was a good game. That was, was back here. That was close. That was the closeout game. Yeah. Okay. So four good games. Game four was even the bad games. There was a lot of interesting stuff happening. Game five shouldn't have been any good. Jazz shouldn't have okay, but blown it was. the 25-point lead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, easier said. Yeah, maybe it's not easier said than done. But regardless, it was a good game. That's a good series. Yeah, I agree with you. I'd rather see Denver, and I like new. I like different. All I right. want to see what Denver does in their first playoff series. So, is Thunder your worst answer, or who, who's your legitimate least want to see? Yeah, Thunder. Thunder. Not San Antonio. Tired of it. No, I'd like to see San Antonio. Hmm. I'd love to see Pop versus uh, Quinn. I want to see how good. I think it'd be fun. I don't think it'd be challenging or interesting. You don't think so? No. Mm. Yeah. I mean, maybe like you've got mid range versus the Jazz and seven how they game series. That, how many coaches are you picking in front of Quinn Snyder? Yeah, not lottery. I mean, honestly, zero lottery draft for me, but I'm, yeah. I like Quinn. Yeah, a lottery lot. draft for coaches over seven games. Who would you take? Brad Stevens showed his worth last year in seven games. Really good. Really outcoached Brett Brown with the Phil- with the Seventy Sixers down Kyrie Irving down Gordon Hayward. That was really pretty incredible. Yeah. He's really good in certain situations. We should talk about him. I've got a question about him coming up on the other side for you. Okay. Maybe we've talked about it already. Do we have any more questions as well? Uh, I think we've got one. Okay, we'll answer that on the other side. You can tweet us more questions. At Andy B. Larson, at Ben's Hoops. It's the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. Terry Rozier sucks. Boston fans, okay. they're racists. <laughs> Gunther and Ben, ESPN 700. Gunther and Ben. Oh, we were just talking about Kyle Gunther during the break and how much we like him. Salt City Hoop Show, <laughs> ESPN 700. Uh, tweet at us at Andy B. Larson, at Ben's Hoops on Twitter. I apologize. I do I do that quite a bit during the day. Uh, tweet at us at Andy B. Larson, as I mentioned, at Ben's Hoops. We'll answer your questions. I okay, do have racist. a question for you. I want to get to you, but yeah. uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the questions we've Listeners got. first. Yeah. Uh, from at Royals and Jazz asks, thoughts on Jay Crowder's game this year? feel like there's been a huge improvement in shot selection, flow in the offense, and defense. The oh, shooting no. is streaky, but he's taking the right shots. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess he was getting better shots the last couple of weeks. They just were not going in at all. He hasn't taken as many just like weird dribble-up three-pointers like he did yeah. last year. He took a lot of those last season. Yes. And he's never taking twos this year, right? Like he, right. he his, uh, Never is strong, but like he, he's taken out the mid-range part of his game yep. really significantly. Honestly, cut that in half. Gets a lot of dunks on the baseline, um, which is kind of fun. I mean, not a lot, a lot but he, d- I don't know. he tries to dunk he it a lot. He has nine dunks, yeah. yeah <laughs> he, tries, he has a lot of missed dunks. Yeah, you I'll know, take or, that. And, I'm okay with that. But you like that he's attacking the rim. Yeah. Um, also gets yeah. fouled on the three. It's shocking amount for a guy who doesn't shoot. Because he jumps well. forward, yeah, like that's yeah. and which I I don't know how I feel about that as a call, like from like an objective point of view. Because 
what's the defender supposed to do? But right. uh, if he you're does get fouled a lot, so that's that's been good. Yeah, I think he's been I think he's been very good. Yeah, you know what? And you pay him nothing. He makes nothing. He makes seven million dollars a year, right? Mm-hmm. He makes pennies. And even if when he's shooting that bad, I think he does bring a toughness that's really needed. I think teams need tough, and I think he's legit tough. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna go. He's not a crazy person. He's not Ron Artest, but you don't want crazy. Yeah. But you want tough. And I don't think what he does is fake. There's Agreed. some fake tough guys out there too, and you get called out really quickly. No, he's, he's not fake tough. He's real. Yep. Uh, NBA currently has high demand for versatile wings over the supply of centers and point guards. Can the Jazz use this to their advantage? Ideas being that the Jazz have a lot of versatile wings, whether that be Royce O'Neal or Derek. Or, or uh, Will you read the question again for me? Sorry. The NBA currently has a high demand for versatile wings. Okay. And an oversupply of centers and point guards. Can the Jazz use this to their advantage? Do you agree there's an oversupply of point guards? Um, I wouldn't say an oversupply because, uh, you know, I, I think there are some teams that need point guards, and I don't think there are a lot of, like, really good backup yeah. point guards that Who, need that's to start. A, that's the question. Are there, so I think are there there's three a great backups? Point guards. Are there three great backups point guards in the NBA? Certainly not Terry Rozier. Right. That's the question. The guys right. you're talking so about no. are Dennis Schroeder and Terry Rozier. Right. Those are the two best backups. Right. And that's not true. You probably shouldn't have. Who are the best backups? Like DeLon Wright is better than Terry Rozier. Okay. But what I'm saying <laughs> is the guys who are going to be fighting for 30 Dante minutes next year. Uh, guys who are going to be fighting for 30 minutes next year. That's the thing. You could never play Dante 30 minutes a game. I don't know if you ever could. I don't know if he's that type of guy. I don't think DeLon Wright can play 30 minutes a game. Terry Rozier might be able to play 30. Dennis Schroeder can play 30. We've seen it. We just talked about Malcolm Brogdon too, uh, but yeah, I mean there there are some guys, but not. I don't think there's an oversupply. Uh, like I'll I, say this: there is an oversupply of centers. Howell Neto might be one of the thirty most talented point guards. He does so what? many things so well. That doesn't mean he no. can play. He's not big enough. Yeah, okay, he's not okay, big enough. Just in terms of you can, skill he's not level? one of the thirty best players. He knows every trick. He can shoot the ball well when he's on the floor, but he's he's six feet tall. He's okay, not big sure. enough to play 30 minutes a game. So his limitations keep him from being a top 30 point guard. Okay, I see what you mean. But the things he can do, his understanding of the game, his ability to pass the ball, his floaters, his three-point shot, he could be a top 30 talented point guard. He just He's not big enough to do it. Right, so he's probably 50th, 55th exactly. point yep. guard. But that right, matters. Like- a, your That's ability good. to play long minutes because of your athletic, either your size or your natural athleticism or the shape you're in. And, and honestly, yeah, you're, you're just, your ability to play long minutes certainly matters. Although we've seen that Howell Neto's not able to play long minutes, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. He did for one game right. and got hurt. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. Um, I, so, yeah, I don't think that there's this big oversupply of point guards. I do think there is absolutely an oversupply of centers. Yeah. Ekbeudo can't play. He's really good. And Epe is really good. He's yeah. really good. Epe is Jeff much Withy's better. Jeff Withy's not in the NBA, is he? No. I think that guy was good. That guy right. could play basketball. Yeah. First centers. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Like the, the, and actually, Kevin Pelton's done some really good research. You know, he, he defines the replacement level of each position, right, in order to say how much better than replacement level the, the, the players in the league are. And the, the replacement level for center is so much higher than it is for uh, than guards and, and wings than that, you know, it's... As a result, James Harden has a higher wins over replacement level than Anthony Davis does because sure. Anthony Davis is a center and James is a, is a shooting guard. Jazz but, lost Rudy Gobert for most of a first-round playoff series, and Derek Favors moved over and won him a series. Right. You know, and, and Derek Favors not, is really good. He's better than replacement level, yeah. But, but he's not an all-star. Right. You know, and you lost the defensive player of the year. You lost the best defensive player in the world in Rudy Gobert, and Favors just kind of moved over and did it. Yeah. You know. Um, so can the Jazz use this to their advantage? 
given that they do have versatile wings in, in Royce O'Neal and Jay Crowder and Tabo Cephalosha. Uh, are they versatile wings or are we great. just say they're versatile no, they wings? I think like those guys would start on a lot of teams. Uh, like think about Detroit starting Bruce uh, Bruce Brown. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's some bad teams out there. Don't get me wrong. Um, Royce is weird. He sometimes he has great games. You know, yeah. I, I like Royce. I think he's actually coming to his own again the last couple of weeks. And that's kind of been, probably been an underrated thing. We've talked about how good Donovan's been. Royce has been really good recently. You yeah. know, he had the what twelve three game. He took twelve. He made what yeah, five, five or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then the next game he didn't take any shots. Or two games later he took zero shots in twenty six minutes. Yeah. I don't hate that. That means he just was playing the way the teams want him to play. Yeah. And I think that's okay. He, should he get a shot up? Probably. But uh, I don't mind a guy who doesn't take shots in 26 minutes, especially if it's a guy who's not like, you know, it wasn't Kobe throwing a fit and passing the entire first half. No, he just it was there or it wasn't there. And he's still playing defense. It didn't yeah. affect how he played. So I, I guess I would say for Royals and Jazz's question, the Jazz could use that to their advantage if they could make a trade like a uh, Royce O'Neal for a point guard trade. But I don't think there's that a. I don't think there's an oversupply of point guards, and so that trade's not actually plausible, right? Like you right. could go out and trade Royce O'Neal for Dwight Howard, but that doesn't make you better. Yep. You know, so you can you could get better, but you know, the Jazz already have four centers, so I, I think I think that positional uh, value scale hurts the Jazz more than it helps them. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, that's all of our questions. That's it? That's it. All right, I've got a couple questions for you. Great. One, is Kyle Korver, that trade, the best trade in the NBA so far this year? There haven't been a lot. I would have to figure out what all the trades have been. We talk about you know George Hill getting traded to Milwaukee. I think Kyle Korver's probably has as big an impact as anybody. Yeah. I what mean, the, how the Jazz have looked since they traded Kyle Korver. You look at some of their advanced numbers since they traded for Kyle Korver, the impact he's had over the last three games. Kyle Korver might be the biggest trade. And come playoff time, he really could be more impactful. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, it's I, early, but right. yeah, it's early. But uh, I mean that the George Hill deal, which we talked about, is more about what that opens up for uh, their future, Milwaukee's future, than their their present. Kelly Oubre to the Suns, Ariza to the Wizards, right? And that's the Wizards and the Suns, and the Wizards haven't gotten a lot better. I mean, Trevor yeah. Ariza's helped, but I don't know that he necessarily is is helping more than Oubre did. And Oubre is a nice piece for the Suns and has taken was helpful when Devin Booker was out, but is not. You know, I I think yeah, I think Kyle Korver has had the biggest impact. Yeah, and again, we're close to it. We're close. To it. What'd you say, Jimmy Butler? Oh, I can't forget about that. And even then, like Philly's defense got way worse after they traded for Jimmy Butler, which is weird. Yeah, the Jimmy Butler trade. I I had forgotten about that, uh, which is weird because like it was a big it was a big deal. But um, and technically, you know, both teams are probably playing a little bit better. I mean, maybe not. Maybe Philly's not. Maybe the Philly's not playing Sixers better. Sixers are not Butler. playing better. Yeah. Robert Covington's a nice piece. That's I mean, a guy I would like to have on the Jazz. We were asked yeah. earlier, is there a player you'd like to have on the Jazz? Robert Covington. <laughs> Retroactively put that in. I like that. I like him. But he's going to be on Phil. He's going to be on the Wolves if they can pay anybody. Yeah, and I think they'll find a way to keep him. Yeah. Yeah, the Jimmy Butler trade's weird. I mean, that again, you always want to trade for somebody. If you're Philadelphia, what do you do with, with that three-star situation? Well, You've got Jimmy Butler saying that he's not happy with what's happening in with their offense. Uh, you've got Ben Simmons, who is obviously very, 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 very good, but also kind of a jerk and is, is difficult to put pieces around because of his unique style of play. I, I really fully believe the biggest attitude on your team is going to be a determining factor for whether or not you can win a championship. 
That's probably Embiid, though. Right, and I don't think he's got a championship attitude. Oh, really? I, I do. I, I actually believe in Embiid a lot. Like, I, I think he's great. He's a I think he's really good. He's a joker. But you look at like the level of work ethic to get to haven't played basketball to you know, top two center in the NBA. Sure. And it is it's phenomenal. You know, I, I think that that actually is the kind of work ethic then maybe that it does can lead a team. I wonder if anyone's following him on that team. Is he a leader on that team? Are people buying into what he does? Hopefully. I hope they do. I hope TJ McConnell's I could be wrong. We could be far enough away from it that I'm not seeing it. Uh and maybe Ben Simmons being the you know, quack that he is 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 hard to, to see past. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler being a weirdo is, is really hard to see past. I mean Guys are choosing to sign. Like JJ Redick chose to stay. Yeah, right? like it's not a bad sign. Uh, you know, I I think there. Are, I I don't think it's been a problem until Jimmy Butler arrived. I agree with that. Even then, they got worked in the playoffs last year. And they were young. They're young. Yeah, you know, Ben and, Simmons is a rookie. Yeah, kind of. And you know, <laughs> Joel Embiid was healthy for the first time. So, Thirty year rookie. I'm gonna say the jury's still out. So you would, if you were them coming up to the trade deadline, you would you would kind of keep everyone around. I know I would keep uh, I would I would keep my eye on what people want to offer me for Jimmy Butler. Okay. I, you can't trade Ben Simmons yet. Agreed. But uh, you have him for team under team control for yeah, you know at what seven million dollars a year, eight million dollars a year. Well, so it's number one pick. His rookie years and at, over after next year, right? Because this this is third year, right? Right. Uh, but then yeah, you you've got you know you're going to pay him a max for the five years after that. Would you have gone back and traded him for Kawhi? No. Retrospectively, you wouldn't. With how good Kawhi's been this year, no. Just because you don't know if you could because keep I Kawhi? think Ben's yeah because you don't know if you can keep Kawhi and and five years of Ben Simmons is better than one year plus yeah one a year twenty five percent chance of keeping Kawhi. Yeah. If you had gotten an assurance from Kawhi that you could have kept him, I probably would have made the deal. Yeah. If you and even yeah, then, I don't know was, how you could have. I don't know how you could have made that trade, and it would probably would have been the right move still. And I just don't know how you could have done it. Uh, I've got one more question about Brad Stevens when we come back. Okay, That's next, and jazz fans love talking Gordon Hayward. It's the Salt <laughs> City Hoop Show with Andy Larson, Ben Anderson, J.P. Chunga, Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. Andy, it's been fun doing this again. Yeah. Haven't done it in a while. Hopefully we can keep doing it a little more consistently. We will not have one next week. There's another <laughs> Utah basketball game. But uh, we'll be back. We we'll be around. We want to talk about moving the day. I wonder if we could figure that out. I wonder if Tuesday would be easier. Maybe. We'll see. We can ask. Um, what, what do we know about Brad Stevens? Like, I, mean, I like get that he Wikipedia bio? was you, really good... Here? In the playoffs last year. Yeah. And I wonder if he can handle the egos that are going on in Boston right now. So everyone he- was applauding Kyrie with calling LeBron and apologizing. And I'm going to kind of take the Bill Simmons angle of, hey, Kyrie, you got to shut up. Because all you're doing, again, is rubbing in people's faces that you've got a bunch of young kids around you the way you were young. And you're still yeah. not likable. You're still calling out your players alongside you as young guys. And not all of them are that young a guy. Yeah, and you're now you're doing it publicly and using LeBron as a mask for that. Whether you know it or not, and I, I'm a little afraid you don't know that you're doing that. Yeah, I don't I, look. He's only 26 years old, Kyrie. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that reflects on Brad Stevens, though. No, I agree. But it, if you're going to have a team like that that has 
mindsets or attitudes like that, you probably have to be able to control them a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And we don't know about that facet of, of Brad Stevens' coaching. And, uh, and, and maybe... honestly, some of the best coaches in the world, that's what they've been good at. Yeah. Some of the best coaches historically have been good at managing egos and figuring out locker room zen. And I'm not just talking about the zen master. I mean, I think Eric Spolster was great at it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys really know how to do it. But it took him a year to figure it out, right? Like that first Miami year, there were real ego problems. Remember like the LeBron bump of Eric Spolstra? And like, again, by all accounts, LeBron wanted Spolstra replaced. Gone, right. Uh, and, and, you know eventually learned how to smooth it out and work and and that was that was good. So I, I I think yes, Brad Stevens you can you can put a question mark to his resume there. Uh but I don't know that that necessarily means that like he's going to be bad at that for the rest of his career. I agree. And, and guys can get better. And I think the uh you know the other stuff is is really pretty good. Uh, the other thing about the Celtics I would say is I think they've been a little bit unlucky this year. Like they've lost a lot of close games. Uh, their their expected win loss is thirty and fourteen. And if they're a thirty and fourteen win team right now, like I, I don't know that anyone's really complaining. Absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I think they've been uh, they've had a hard job to reintegrate Gordon Hayward and yeah. you know Jason Tatum's turned into a, a jump. You know, like all these guys are trying to figure out who they are. I I I don't know that I can put any of the blame on Brad Stevens for. Like Jalen Brown taking as big of a tumble as he has, yeah. you know, like uh, you would have liked to see him get better, but I think it's mostly guys kind of figuring out their roles. And even in the best of coaching situations, that's that's a hard time to figure out. I think it is a hard thing to figure out. I do think good coaches figure those things out. You know, I do think yeah. you figure out how to get Jalen Brown to be effective when he's not. You know, right. you figure out how to turn that around. And I, 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 the nice thing about Quinn Snyder, and again, we haven't really seen it because the Jazz are Dennis Lindsay is smart about saying, you know what, let's not even put ourselves in that chaos. Let's not figure out if Quinn Snyder can handle bad <laughs> relationships with people. Um, but I, I kind of think he can. Yeah. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Quinn's and, a really tough guy. And players love playing for him. Uh, and I, I don't know if this is true with Brad Stevens because I, you know, obviously Gordon Hayward loved playing for Brad Stevens. So you can't, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you can take that away from him. But uh, you, I mean, you talk to Donovan, you talk to Joe, you talk yeah. to Rudy. All those guys talk about Quinn like they are indebted to him for yeah. everything they have. And you know what? Well, A, I think he works as hard, if not harder, than all those guys, which is really something. Um, I bet you there have been more locker room issues with the Jazz than have been reported. Oh, absolutely. And you never I, hear I them. know of them. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, you know, I report the ones that I can and ones I can get second sources on and, and all those kind of things. But I've been told multiple things off the record. And when you're told things off the record, you know, the the rule is you can't report it. And right. that's that's that. But like... All right, here's one that has been reported. You know, Jonas Derebko caused some problems in the locker room last yeah, year. Right. You know, like that right. Rodney Hood Wanted caused out. problems in the locker room last yeah. year. And we, we didn't talk about those kind of things. And, and um, you know, I, 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 I think that's like a fair criticism of maybe the media. But, like, I, I you know, you can't criticize the way Quinn Snyder dealt with it because he's dealt with it really well and kept right. everyone else on board that was kind of worth keeping. Right. Yeah, he, ideally, you probably could have kept Jonas Trebko around, in all honesty. like he's, yeah, he's, he's a, a good player. He's better than your 15th best player right now, meaning your roster could have been more talented. But if he didn't want to be here, he didn't want to be here. Yeah. If he wanted a bigger role, he wanted a bigger role. And that's fine, you adjust. And he's not, you know, maybe you're a win difference right now right. With, uh, with Jonas around. <laughs> we know exactly which win. And yeah, exactly. And you're, <laughs> you're better without, you're probably better with Jay than you are with Rodney. Yeah, absolutely you are. And you, you you didn't have to pay Rodney in free agency, and you've got Jay Crowder for the next two years. You know, like it, that's that's a major win in, in uh, Dennis Lindsay's book. And I think you know maybe I'm wrong. I could be speaking naively. You know, I, I don't think Alec Burks was a problem in the locker room. 
No, everyone was, seemed to really like Alec. Everyone liked Alec. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he helps you. Alec was weird, but everyone liked his, his Kyle Korver has helped you win more games since he's been back with the Jazz than maybe Alec Burks did in his entire career. Wow. I don't think that's crazy. Thanks to J.P. Changa producing. Kyle Korver really helps you win games. He's Alec good. Burks he's very did good. fun things every once in a while. We're going to be back with you hopefully <laughs> soon. Read Andy in the Tribune. Catch me on Gunther and Ben, 2 to 6, right here on ESPN 700.